Anime Pulse episodes uh, 621. not forget at all. I was almost about to say 421, because last <laughs> you just, week we were talking really about 420. the 420 thing, right? <laughs> you always gotta just blaze, dude. Always. Yeah. Mm. I don't even wait for 420. <laughs> That's like a true blazer. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I am your host, Joseph, and this is my co-host, <laughs> Andrew Chan. Hello. And this is Anime Pulse, here to bring you another week of reviews, uh, industry news, and what's been going on in our lives. Which, uh, as usual, yes, we shall get started with ASAP. All right, so, uh, IRL News, uh, let's see, I don't have much to talk about this week, it's it's been work. Uh, Friday was a rough day for me, but no one really wants to hear me complain about annoying customers. So uh, what I will talk about instead is while I was driving home from work on for Thursday, I was listening to uh, Manga Pulse, as I happen to do every now and then. Uh-huh. You may have heard of the show before mm-hmm. and Quite uh, in this parts. uh tim was going off again about his whole rah rah discord thing again oh oh really i haven't heard it what happened what uh he on? was complaining about how uh someone who shall not be named cough me cough um may have been sending out the forum uh sub uh forum uh-huh. discord invites to uh-huh. all the members and not just subscribers Oh, right, yeah. Yes. And he was like, <laughs> we must maintain the status quo of having just the the handful of subscribers we have. We shall I've not do anything a... else. And Oh, yeah. It's, no, I, I already know... know about this beef they've got. Um, and I've actually already t- not talked about it with them, because obviously we don't have contact with them very often. But yeah. I've talked about it with people here, and I've given multiple reasons as to why it's not really a good idea to have... Like, sure, if you want to have specific channels... That are you know subscriber only sure that's an option but mm-hmm. as a hub for a community and not just a place to record live shows i think it would be really bad in the year of 2019 to have like a subscriber only discord server at this point you know unless you're already a very big e-celebrity or something like that you know where people are willingly paying you like ten dollars a month to get onto your discord but yeah you know i don't want to talk your ear yeah. off or Oh, no, and I I understand it. I I get it completely. In fact, I'm of the opinion that, uh, hey, you know, I don't think Discord's a really great perk. In fact, I don't think it's a perk at all. It should be a baseline entry thing of, hey, welcome to Anime Pulse. You joined our forums. You get to join the Discord now. That's awesome. Pretty much. Because, I mean, the forums are free, and this is basically... let you know. Yeah. This is basically like a replacement to the forums, to an extent. In some ways. 
we we're, it's just barely hanging on with its forum topics, you know, and stuff. Exactly, um, and I don't think that we Anime Pulse is currently out of its golden years. Insert quotes here, clang clang. Um, uh huh. Anime Pulse has moved on from Ichigo and Bato, and mm-hmm. it needs to grow again. But Tim and Welltall, for lack of a better word. Uh, want to just maintain the status quo of things, and that's never something mm-hmm. you should want to do. Trust me, as someone who has just recently read the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and also going from good to great, how some companies make the leap and others don't, I think I know what I'm talking about when you should always be wanting to be the best in what you are trying to do. So Anime Pulse should be mm-hmm. trying to be the best at knowing about anime, and doing anime reviews, and Right now, I don't know if we're there anymore. Um, mm, yeah, I don't want to go too much out of touch with things. I definitely you... think that it's maybe because uh, some people just don't like perhaps the whole anime thing anymore. They've grown a little too old and crankety. Uh, because <laughs> as I've listened to Anime Pulse, Manga Pulse, Script to Script, and their other shows, I find that Manga Pulse is their least favorite. They love to go off and rants and just interrupt one another nonstop because they have basically don't want to talk about the manga because they don't like mangas these days, which I get it. You know, anime is evolving into this thing that's kind of like a humdrum repeat of itself over and over and over again. But you got to get used to mm-hmm. that. You got to evolve with the tastes or else get left with the dinosaurs. Yeah. And that's one thing, but that still doesn't tie too much into, you know, why we can't move with the times and having the Discord be open to people. I mean, Right, which we is, should also be thinking yeah. of better perks for people who exactly. know, are a that's part the of thing. the community or are paying. There are plenty more popular people online now that offer free live streaming stuff for free. Exactly. So you, that's I like, the bottom line. I like so. to think that we could even do, like, the four-player podcast thing, which is what they did is they just always have had free people it was always a free thing for them to just be like hey we're recording tonight come and join us and listen to us and Hmm. then the people who paid a premium because they were so big were able to get into subscriber only channels or they were able to have access to uh Mm -hmm. having stuff read off on the podcast for instance they have a section of the community news where they read off a particular user's like, hey, this is what they're interested in, their top five anime, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. For them, of course, mm-hmm. it's their top five games and what their favorite gaming moment is, that, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So. And I, and I suppose to piggyback off that a little bit more as well, is that, you know, and I, I know this is speaking probably from a, a position where I don't have much to stand on because, I mean, we won't see any of that subscriber stuff anyway, any of that subscriber money. But at the same time, you know, when you don't, what what you're more interested in, well, at least what I'm interested in, is just we're here to kind of talk about it and reach as many people as possible, you know? Mm-hmm. And just, if you have any barriers of entry or accessibility, that's a huge kind of blow against the accessibility of it. So, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the thing. You know, what's what's the point of limiting your, your, your voice when this, is, this show is entirely just people's voices, you know? So, so uh, yeah, Tim is. or Welltall, if you're listening, maybe take this under consideration and uh, whole scrap the idea of making Discord a 
uh, subscriber only perk because it's not gonna work. I, I I don't think so. I mean, the thing I would compromise is a subscribe our subscriber only channels in the Discord. I wouldn't mind doing that with like a bot, but that's I don't even know how useful that would be at the moment, given the size of the active community at the moment. So Indeed. I don't even think there's a rush to that. Yep. I think so, right now what yeah. we should be uh, doing is. Even if we have to foot the bill ourselves, which I am more than willing to help out with, Tim or Welltall, um, huh? that we should be right now doing it as, how do the artists say uh, for, not publicity, what's the word? Like sometimes an artist will do work for, um, shoot, what's the word? Come on. Um, can I get some... It's it's like publicity. It's basically like, you know, they do it for, uh, not for fame, but they just do it so that they can get their voice, their, come on, I know the word. PR? Uh, No, it's not PR. They can... (laughs) Yeah, PR sounds too political. (laughs) Like, bad PR, good PR. Uh. Ah, Basically, it's just publicity. Doing it so that you can get your name out there. Because Anime Pulse isn't nearly as big as it used to be, and I don't mm-hmm. think that most people know. It's not PR, Mal. It's something else. There's a word for it. It's it's like almost ah. a meme these days where people will say, like, ha artists do this, and then they eventually evolve into, like, actually charging for their work. Oh, um, I kind of know what you mean. I just don't know the word. But yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, bottom line, you got to be in it to win it, right? And right Exposure! Now there it, it is. Oh, Thank you, Innocuous. Leave it to ah. the uh, the co-host of After Dark to know the it's, word uh, I'm it's, looking it's for. It's the folk who read more, you know? Innocuous and uh, Rio and stuff, but they all read more. They're in the book channel more. So it's because they read. They have a better yes. vocabulary. Exposure yes. is the word there I'm looking go. for. So thank you. Mm. God, I would have driven me insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a way to start the episode, though. Like a big, a big, uh, not a roast, but a big critique, a scathing critique on the community. Suddenly a rift forms. Which yeah. side will you be on during the Anime Pulse Civil War? <laughs> Probably on the free <laughs> side. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Speaking of freeing things, I will be having uh-huh. three of my wisdom teeth freed in the coming weeks. Uh huh. On October the 11th, it has been decided that I will have both of my upper teeth and one of my lower wisdom teeth removed. Uh-huh. So, uh, there will be, uh, yeah, at the age of 30, it will not be a fun time. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, uh, we probably won't have a podcast that week because I will be in recovery mode the entire week. Props. Yeah. Is that next week, or is that... What, when's this? Uh, October the 11th, so a couple Fridays from now. Ooh, okay. Well, just since we're getting that down, actually, I'm, I'll probably take the week afterwards off, because that's Scotland Loves Anime. Okay, so the 13th is probably when I won't be around. It will depend on how I'm feeling. I will definitely email you come Saturday to let you know whether or not... Or, you know, I'll... I'll <laughs> message you on discord or something to let you know if i'm feeling up to it but if i'm not feeling up to it then of course there will be no podcast a day then then it sounds like the 20th we also won't have a show because you'll be uh at skyla's anime yeah favorite time of the year man so october may have a couple weeks coming where we're not around but fear Mm. not we shall be back 
Yes, this is a short recuperation. You know. Also, also welcome uh, Marina Bart. Yes, and also Black Magic, you're in the wrong channel. Wait, is he? No, I yeah, see him. He's, I see him uh, he's on here. Posting in the banter channel. Oh, is he actually? Oh, he actually is responding. Oh, oh, good, good eye. Yeah. <laughs> Come to the on air chat. Any case, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's about it for my week. How about yourself? Got anything? Uh, any wisdom teeth yourself getting pulled out? No. There's no wisdom teeth or wisdom at all for me to share in regards to my life this week. There's, nah, nah. But same as always, you know, work is work, life is life, you know. Just keeping on, keeping on. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try a new anime from Netflix. It's one of those Netflix exclusive shows. That's relevant. Ooh. Yeah. Was it uh, I, I Sugar High it. where it, or Spice High where it disappeared? Oh. No, 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 that, I don't know what the fuck happened with High Guardian Spies, actually. Um, no, Probably it's called canceled. Seven Seats, which is basically anime lost. Like, a bunch of people get up on an, end up on an island, and there's dinosaurs and giant bugs and all sorts of mystery to it. Um, it's kind of a mess show, honestly. But it might be good for background stuff. Maybe I'll talk more about it when I, if, if and when I finish it. I don't know if it's going to be able to hold my attention, but that's pretty much all I have in regards to anime-relevant stuff. So we can just go ahead straight to the community stuff. Um, I don't... Let me just refresh the page. We have one new comment, I believe? Yes. And it's by somebody I don't recognize. So if they're a, new, if they're a newcomer to the site, welcome. Uh, it's by Dark Bossman on episode 619. It's mostly addressed to you. He says, A mm-hmm. uh, quick note on a few comments Red slash Joe made about the Switch Lite on episode 614 or episode 615. I've been powering through a large backlog of shows, so my memory of the number is a little fuzzy. Joe stated that the Lite has no D-pad or thumbstick. He was unsure which was missing. Both are present on the system. You might have been thinking about the lack of a proper D-pad on the regular Switch. It only has four buttons in the cross shape, but not the standard D-pad. Uh, I would recommend the light to anyone that has no intent to play the Switch attached to a TV and would prefer a slightly more durable system for their handheld play. So, there you go. A little bit more of a insight as to the... I don't know much about the Switch light personally. Um, I clocked out pretty much immediately once I heard that it can't really connect to the TV. Because, you know... For me, the main appeal of the Switch is the ability to switch between playing it on a TV and taking it handheld. And, you know, I like that I can play a game and then suddenly like, oh, want to play Smash Brothers? Just plug in. We're all playing Smash Brothers, you know? That's kind of just more my thing. But I do appreciate the whole durability thing. I just hope there's none of that weird drift that happens with the analog stick on the Joy-Cons that breaks. The thing that Nintendo is being sued over because of their faulty controllers. Um, Especially since they're attached to the actual controller of the... um, light itself but there we go thanks for your comment dark boss man um and uh and i remembered what it was that i was talking about the switch light it doesn't have joy cons so that was the thing it is just a handheld so that that was what i was talking about it doesn't have anything detachable on it aside from the fact that also can't play anything on a you can't dock it um it only has a slightly longer battery life than the regular switch its video quality is even worse than the regular Switch. Um, its resolution's less. And is it? Uh, it is, because they, they had to cut down on it, because it's just a handheld. 
Yeah. Uh, what was it? There was something else about it. Oh, I think it doesn't have a rumble feature, or something like that. Ah, oh, no 3D, no 3D rumble. That's a huge selling point. Ah, <laughs> oh, I see. So I'm, I'm, I'm failing to see the plus side besides perhaps the durability argument, because you know, it, it is kind of you do want to something that feels like it's it, it, it able was to, a very odd honest. move. It's yeah, especially mm-hmm. the price tag that they're trying to sell it at. I could see maybe if it was made this way and then they sold it at like a hundred bucks, then okay, it's like it's a hundred dollar switch. What, but what better yeah. can you get? But they're not even That's doing that. Good. It's two hundred dollars, which is a crapshoot away from getting a real thing. Yeah, you might as well just kind of go the extra mile and get the real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that still works fine. The, I mean, the regular Switch works fine as a portable system, obviously, <clears throat> all things considered. Oh, yeah. If there actually is a pro version, like Rampant is talking about there, um, I'd be interested in getting a pro version because um, just for something that's a little bit more durable, maybe a higher resolution when you dock it, stuff like that. That would be nice. But, you know, we can dream. We'll have to wait till Nintendo gets this one out of the gates first. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, on to forums. Uh, we have one update on last week's topic, which was about um, anime... Oh, things that you do to express yourself as a fan. I don't think... I don't think there is any update on the poll. Right now, it still sets up your favourite segment of the actual show itself being reviews at free votes at 75% and one on industry news for favorite segment of the show actually i might just take this opportunity to quickly ask you off the spot what is your favorite section to do of the show joseph uh my favorite section honestly is probably the reviews or if it's Mm. a joint review joint reviews are Ah. my favorite section if we do our fusion reviews that's the best okay it's good to know I'll need to make an effort to make that happen more often then. Yes, it would be awesome because then that's just like us going back and forth talking about like all these cool moments, mm. which maybe we could do for uh, Demon Slayer. Like that's both yeah. something we're both watching with intent. Yeah, I'm not finished it yet though. Uh, is it finished actually at the moment or? Uh, no, it's got I think one more episode left. I think we're at episode twenty four right. or no two more episodes because it's twenty six episodes, so it's got two more left. Right. Well, I will. I shall hustle to catch up so we can do that. I want to make that happen. Then, now that you mention it, actually, that's that. Yeah, the whole conversation about anime stuff. That's that's probably ties into. Yeah, my my. I kind of uh, didn't fill it in here. I put in IRL news, but like my favorite section so far, I think more consistently is also for that same reason about discussion is kind of the community news section. I do kind of like the bits where you start listing your favorite stuff. You know, based on the actual topic, and we actually are talking and discussing anime. You know, mm-hmm. kind of the purpose of the show. So that same spirit does kind of carry on with the height with the you know fusion reviews. So I do agree with you there. But we also have a response from Rampant AI in re- uh, in regards to the topic of what you do as a fan. He says, as far as the survey goes, I chose reviews since it's the core of the show, but I like all the segments pretty evenly. With regards to the topic itself, I tend to buy merchandise. I guess I'd. I have a laughing man decal on the back of my vehicle, for example. Subtle, and only insiders get the reference. Yeah, I don't actually know what laughing man is, so I guess I wasn't cool enough to get the reference. Um, but yeah, that does it for that week's uh, forum topic. Let's go to this week's, which is your favourite funny slash comic relief characters in anime. And so our first answer comes in from user uh, Rampant AI, who says, 
This is a tough topic to come up with an answer for. I usually do not like true comic relief characters, particularly when they are inserted into more serious stories for the sole purpose of being funny. In fact, those characters tend to annoy me more than anything else. Of course, when the story is comedic to begin with, comic relief is not even necessary, while the whole cast tends to serve that role. I am still trying to think of a good example that exists outside of comedy. I am finding that difficult. Hmm. By the way, this is the first first comes to mind when I think of comic relief in animation and he inserts a large image of everyone's favourite dog, Scrappy-Doo. So, there you go. Uh, next one is from um, MXKX20, who I believe is our forever tentatively Mal, uh, mm. who says, Naruto Uzumaki. He's a funny guy, for good reason. He has He's been in a lot of darkness with his childhood. His inclination to make light heart of dire situations can draw viewers views back in with a chuckle. Him and Sasuke's scared cat Uchiha fighting giant snake. Or a hearty laugh, i.e. sectional jutsu against Kaguya. So, there you go. Yeah, he's got a prank. He's a kind of prankster style kind of character, but for good reasons. What I, I'm getting what you're, what you're saying. Uh, and that's it for our posts, I believe. I could refresh the page. I don't think there's anything else. Yep, that's it. So, what about you, Joseph? As for myself, I'm going to do only two this week because I couldn't think of a third. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to go old school here and say Mr. Satan for ah, okay. uh, my first <laughs> choice, you know. Bring on the power! <laughs> you want to see Mr. Satan enter the ring? I don't think you do! And then, you know, internally he's like, please say no, please say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> It's a kind of it's a trope that actually exists in quite a few Shonen these shows because I mean the what reminds me of him is also like a uh, King from One Punch Man. I know you you know who King is, right? Yes, King, who's yeah. the he's also like a Mr. the Satan. number one, but of course he's also the weakest person ever. Yeah, that's it. And they both have insane luck to get out of the situations. Yeah, yeah. I mean Hercule was involved in the Hercule, Mr. Satan was involved in the Cell games, and he lived the whole thing. He survived. He was the last man alive, period, during the Majin Buu arc as well. The entire Earth got wiped out. So, yeah. And it's also nice that, like, at the... uh, While it has nothing to do with comedic relief, um, it uh, is nice that, like, during the Cell Games, where... I think it was the Cell Games, where he's like, I was not... No, was it the Cell Games? Where he was like, I'm not the one who who fought and defeated this, you know, powerful threat, it was Goku. Now lend him your power, because Goku was making the spirit bomb. Was it him, or was that the Boo Saga? That was the Boo Saga, but I still right. think, I think he's, I don't think he said Goku, I think he still took the credit. And, uh, did we just get another person? Yeah, we did. Spicy Taco. Ah, welcome. <laughs> welcome. A delicious yeah. spicy taco. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Mr. Satan's kind of a... He's kind of an asshole, but he's in, a, in an endearing sort of way. Hard yeah. not to like him. Especially with the development he gets, yeah. And mm-hmm. something more recent, in fact, very recent, I might say Zengetsu from uh, from Demon Slayer. Ah, right, yes. Good choice. I miss the blonde-haired boy who has the lightning-breathing technique, and is constantly afraid of demons, even though he fights them. And can be super badass when he wants to be. Mm. And of course, he, he also now has a thing for, uh, for uh, don't lose the Nanako-chan. 
Oh, does it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Which uh, I, I find very amusing. <laughs> that uh, that um, that uh, that he is this. He's this comedic relief that um, should be annoying. Like he gets he gets a little too much into the whole like oh, demons. No, where where? Yeah, um, it's like a limit. But you know his voice actors having the time of his life doing that. <laughs> Definitely. And also, he's got some good backstory to him, too. Like, I always thought he was blonde, and then I was like, oh, no, he wasn't blonde at all. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you've made it to that part already, right? Yes? Maybe, like, I can't, maybe I can't remember. How how he gets know. his blonde hair, you don't remember that part? He got to go Super Saiyan? I don't know. No, he gets struck by lightning, dude. Oh, right. Okay. That's during his, like, he gets bitten by the spider guy and he's, like, going, we're having his old backstory. Ah. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It's it's starting to come back. It's been a little while. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just, I, I love the anime so much. It's, like, all still fresh in my head. Even, like, the first episode. Mm. Mm. Anywho, yeah, that's uh, that's just a couple comedic relief characters right now. I don't say I'd have a favorite comedic relief character, just because uh-huh. when I watch an anime, if I'm watching it for comedy, everybody's funny, and there's no real comedic relief character because I think a comedic relief character would have to entail the anime is not comedy. It's supposed to be like, you know. It has to do something with war or with some other, you know, like uh, some other dramatic topic that all of a sudden there's this other characters like, hello, how's it going? Uh, oops, I tripped on my shoelaces. <laughs> you know, the comedic yeah. relief, not the necessary comedic addition. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair How oh, about yourself? Uh, yeah. As for ones I would want to mention, if one of them fits under the same sort of character type uh, as your Mr. Satan's, as, um, you know, as King. And that would be uh, Reagan from the series um, Mob Cycle 100. So he's a, he's the guy who runs, like, the kind of like anti-occult whatever agency that um, Mob goes to work at part-time. And he, he despite, was also you know, president of the United States. Wait, what? <laughs> Reagan? Oh, that's right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> uh, political uh, humor. Indeed. And the, the kind that's not, like, divisive either. That's pretty good. Uh, we got... Um, yeah, so Reagan kind of comes across because he's, uh, he's the kind of foolish, you know, con artist type character who, you know, talks a lot of shit. He actually has no psychic ability at all, despite Mob looking up to him. And yet what's really good about characters like him is that during the right moments, he still is able to impart wisdom to somebody like Mob, which is, you know, it's also very interesting in that regard. It's also, you know, it's, it's a good dynamic they have between the two of them. He, his heart's in the right place despite him being kind of a loser. So, and I do find him constantly quite funny, actually. Uh, the next one would have to be, like, the manager guy from Zombieland Saga. Anybody who's seen Zombieland Saga knows who I'm talking about. Goes without saying... Uh, it's all completely just because the voice actor himself is having a crazy fun time 
just shouting in a really weird like it doesn't even sound like he's speaking in Japanese properly because of how weird he speaks. Uh, I can't impersonate it here, but he also throws in random English into his lines as well sometimes. Uh, he, he's also voiced by the same guy who does I think he it's the same guy who did uh, Light Yagami's voice from Death Note and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's he's quite he's quite an acclaimed actor as well. But I'll wait till I get around to reviewing that show. He's he's definitely what keeps me coming back to it for sure. Um, and then the last one I would probably mention, uh, female character this time, would be Mako from Kill the Kill. She's, um, you know, the show itself is quite lighthearted and goofy at times, but Mako is kind of that kind of ditzy Moe character, but in a way that's kind of very endearing in that show. Um, especially that she has this thing where she, you know, she's, she's always along with the joke and she always has this skit where she tries to talk about how awesome, uh, Ryoko is and stuff, and, um... Nah, it's funny every time, just because of how animated she is. Everybody's really animated already, because it's a trigger show, of course, but she is probably one of the most animated, next to maybe, like, Nui or whatever. But, yeah, Mako would be one that I'd say is a really good character in terms of uh, comic relief. And that about does it for me. I was going to na- mention, like, a Jojo or a One Piece character, but pretty much everybody in those shows is funny. Like, sometimes unintentionally, so it seems, but, yeah. That pretty much does it for me. Alrighty then, in which case we shall move along into our our uh, industry news. Mm-hmm. Sure. Let's see here. Believe it is a reverse sandwich of last week. I have two. You have one. So I'll get us started here with some inspirational news i guess i could call it so typically whenever a idol uh especially when it's regarding to like one of the akb somethings um mm-hmm. and twitter it's usually not great however recent controversy sparked by an anonymous twitter account called weekly journalism which uh leaked some photos of a girl who was believed to be Yui Yokoyama, who was an idol belonging to AK40, AKB48 team's Team 8. Hmm. And uh, the photos in which she is shown, or the girl is shown kissing a boy, some of which have shown her in a state of undress. The uh, weekly journalism Twitter account, which is uh, claims that is a... Uh, a Twitter account specializing in idle scandals and behind-the-scenes stories that do not want to become news. Uh, it has about 50,000 followers at the time uh, that this whole thing happened. And basically, mm-hmm. on September the 11th, the account posted uh, the tweet, and uh, Yokoyama came out saying that uh, she apologized that, yes, this was her kissing someone, and, you know, she's uh, sorry for everyone who's in her fan club. It, typically, at this point, you'd think, uh-oh, Twitter's gonna, like, be like, What? I thought you were pure. You disgusting whore. I shall I shall end your life. Wah! Uh-huh. Because that's typically how things go, especially in regards to idols, where there's this, like, weird occult purity that surrounds the idol. They must yeah, remain like pure as the driven snow, or else they are filth. <sighs> yeah, 
Yeah. Hmm. Well, but, uh, you're saying the backlash hasn't been so bad? Yes, time? instead, the top responses to weekly journalism's account tweets have actually expressed apathy towards the situation. One user tweeted, hmm. Who cares? Stop trying to stir up a flame war about a girl acting her age, and what's the point of spreading all this on Twitter all the time? Lol, you wow. don't have anything better to report on? Another wrote, The cult of purity around idols and performers needs to stop already. And another user criticized weekly journalism and accused the account of spreading revenge porn, posting a graphic that explains that revenge porn often targets minors and is a crime. They commented, "This would have been if this happened, it would have been in middle school. What about the guy? Shouldn't you have told the person who spread the photos? You know, hold the. Uh, shouldn't you hold the person who spread the photos accountable? So basically." A lot of people came to this idol's defense and to the whole idea of spreading this, you know, like, uh-oh, look it, she's caught, you know, kissing a boyfriend when she was just 13 years old. And it's mm. like, all right, well, uh, Chris Hansen, arrest that man. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if, if people were more vocal like this in regards to when the media does stuff like this, you know, they might feel... Less yeah, inclined maybe, to do stories. That, yeah, maybe you know, the media would privacy. stop being such dicks. Yeah, because there's a certain level of privacy here that's just kind of a, you know, either way it's stupid that this is a thing. But, you know, faith in humanity is slightly restored, I guess, when I when you mm -hmm. tell me about those reactions. So that's yes. quite cool. Mm. Yes. I'm very happy about it because I'm, I'm to the point where I'm hoping that most of that, like, garlic news where, you know, the garlic... I think it's garlic. Was the garlic the the the, uh, the celebrity weekly about oh, yeah. like Angelina Jolie? Look at here, seen bending over. Are those thick calves on her? What? Or you know, like yeah, I... Brad Pitt is kissing another girl. Does Jolie know? Does she care? I just I don't know who buys these magazines or anything. I don't know anybody who does, but just, they must I... sell, which is the worst part. Ugh, world, please stop. Please. Any Yes, that uh, that has made me feel a little bit better. Like I was reading this article yeah. thinking that people were gonna just like kill the idol. No. Yeah. Idol defended, and people kind of went their own ways after the. Uh, it does look like that perhaps the Twitter account was also removed afterwards. So maybe it was just misinformation in the first place. But whatever the case may be, thank you for not acting like children. Mm -hmm. Thank you for once, Twitter. Said nobody else ever after this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, well, moving on. Mine's is probably a fairly quick update, honestly, just because of how inconclusive it actually is. Okay. But it is just something that will raise a few um, eyebrows to those who actually have been following this case more closely. It is an update to a certain case involving a certain voice actor whose name begins with V. Um, no, not me. Not my screen name, Vic Mignanine. Uh But, um, yeah. He voiced Broly. You know, might have heard of him. But, basically, there was a... A hearing that happened not too long ago, and it's not that hearing where a lot of the um, charges against the defendants got um, got dropped. Uh, instead, it was another kind of private hearing that the judge called all the attorneys and parties involved, actually just the attorneys uh, involved, 
into into the court to actually have a discussion or slash sort of meeting with them. Now, um, he brought up about some uh, some threats or something that were brought up with like the police that were forwarded to him. Uh, when you read them out, you can go ahead and look into those in your own time as well. Uh, when you read them out, it kind of seems like just kind of non-threats, honestly. But, you know, I can understand somebody who's not like the judge who may not be used to internet culture being a little bit easily alerted to things like that. Also, welcome Queen Inoue to the live chat. Got quite a lot here now. Welcome, um, Yeah, but most importantly, you know, is that are, are two points, right? First off, despite Jamie Markey, all of her um, causes of action being dismissed, she was her lawyer was also called to this uh, this hearing, and when Sam Johnson, which is her attorney, asked the judge about you know uh, does you know uh, am I supposed to be kind of involved with this? I thought we were dismissed. And the judge basically said that, well, you're going to have to, you know, you might as well take part in this because who knows that in three months time, you may be appealed and be brought back in anyway. And, you know, so that's also a valid point because there are quite a few things since the transcription of the first hearing came out that does seem to be very appealable in regards to following what can be seen as standard procedure for a TCPA hearing. Um... For more information, go ahead and trudge through the hours and hours long analysis <laughs> by, uh, by, that tw- by that lawyer on, um, on, on YouTube. Maybe, I think there's some people who do time code the parts. Good luck with that if you want to catch those. Oh because, boy, yeah, legal talk. Cool. My favorite bedtime <laughs> It is quite dry when you get into the technicalities of it, but you know, like a good I do one. find it interesting. Mm-hmm. But the conclusion to this hearing, right, get this, is that the judge has ordered for a mediation between the parties. Hmm. And this is what even Jamie Markey is going to be involved with. So it requires all the parties to be there, including the defendants and the plaintiffs. So Vic has to be there. So does like Monica Real, some representative with enough power to make decisions from Funimation, etc. Right. And they have a mediator involved who's going to be like a third party. Like sometimes they're like an ex, like an ex judge or an ex attorney or something like that. Somebody who's qualified to be neutral in this. Mm-hmm. And it's basically tr- an attempt to try to negotiate some sort of deal between them. Huh. Yeah, so the judge says that basically, that. hey, yeah, I know, that's the thing, is, I don't know how much the judge knows about, you know, the behavior and the sort of, you know, contentious sort of uh, relationship between the parties and this. Yeah, the deep resentment. But, yeah, there's quite a bit of bad blood here, but, you know, who knows, maybe if it's dealt with correctly, maybe if the mediator plays it very well, they might be able to reach a common ground. I don't know about that, just given the fact that two of the defendants have stated explicitly that they will not settle already. But who knows? It's going to happen. Um, I actually don't know when it's going to happen. It's going to happen sometime before the 6th of October. So not too long from now, actually. Um, following that, the judge did mention that if it doesn't get resolved, I'm going to have to obviously make a ruling because basically 30 days after the TCPA hearing, he has to rule on the rest of the causes of action. But you know, the hint is he kind of is going to get appealed either way on some of the stuff that some of the rulings that were kind of questionable, to be honest. I, I won't bet on that. Um, but it's just kind of interesting to note that the things to take home is mediation is going to be ordered. There's going to be a a possible uh, a, a proper a proper ruling straight afterwards. And possibly Jamie Markey might not be completely out of this yet, given that even the judge is expecting that maybe, just maybe, she'll get called back in if this gets appealed. 
when it gets appealed, it'll be looked at by three other judges, you see, not him. So, there you go. So, uh, this is an unexpected turn, honestly, because it just kind of came out of nowhere that, oh, by the way, we're going to call you in for another hearing. And it just kind of happened. So, the other one was kind of bigged up for a while. This one just kind of snapped. But yeah, that's it. Make of it what you will. Um, there's arguments for why this is good or bad for either parties. Um, but I'm going to still take the wait and see approach and just kind of, you know. Yeah. yeah just wait to see where it goes. Which yeah, has to see been where it goes. most of this case of wait to see where it goes. Exactly. Because, you know, if you speak up a little bit too soon, you might find yourself eating humble pie sooner than you know. Because mm-hmm. of just how many twists and turns. This actually could be, like, an anime in, a, in and of itself, by the way. I keep joking about this before. God, friends, that could... This is, like, what was that, what was that uh, movie called? 16 Angry Men? 12 Angry Men or something like that? 12 Angry Men sounds familiar. It might be 12 Angry Men. I don't know. So, 12 is that about Angry law? Men. Yes, it was 12 Angry Men, which was a uh-huh. case that followed a jury that was discussing and debating a guilty verdict which would mean the death for the accused, which was an inner city t- a teenager. And most of the men there are kind of just like, I just want to go home, man. I got a wife. I got, I got, I have food tonight. I'm tired. Guilty. And there's one guy there who's like, not guilty. And they have to, and he goes around the room convincing each and every single person to do not guilty. Ah, okay, okay. So I think this could be like a 12 Angry Men scenario where it's like, oh, clearly Vic's in the wrong. And then there's that one guy that's like, uh, excuse me, he's not. And it's going to like, Monica's going to see this whole debacle turn back on her in a terrible way where it's like, I don't think the mediation will work. Um, I do think, oh, I don't think that mediation will work either. But negotiations know. would break down even if they were to meet. I doubt that would even happen. I think that even Vic would be like, yeah, I'm not coming. Forget that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think, I think they have to show up, but they they can basically just choose to like, okay, negotiations have broken down in like twenty minutes. You know, it can be just a quick in out job sort of thing. So as long as they've shown that they, because this is an order to do so, right? Mm. So they have to show, but then they could just be like, yeah, no deal immediately. Like these things can end very quickly too. They don't actually have to like make a big effort to. They just have to show that they we 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 went and then that's it. You know, then yeah, I definitely think the talks would break down relatively quickly. But at the same yeah. time, I would like to also think that this is a situation where um, that it could just like to, you know, come back up and be like, yeah, that whole case was really dirty. Like, it stank to high heaven. We're going to do this again. it's also expensive to keep going. Yeah, and we're going to do this again. But this time, it's going to be a little different. Yeah, so... Clean cut, dry, and none of that faff mm-hmm. that came from uh, from uh, Funimation and the other bullshit companies that were being pulled into the situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're still in it, so, you know, who mm-hmm. knows what's going to... Maybe the prisoner fallacy will actually... No, prison, prisoner's dilemma might kick in and, like, one, one, comp- one party might sell the other out. Who knows, you know? That could be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Goodness. Who knows? Yeah, well, that's all I got for now. Speaking of things that we now know, <laughs> perfect transition. Indeed, uh, nailed it. We now know that Ash Ketchum has finally wanted a 
Pokemon Regional Championship at the age of 22. Congratulations, Woo! Ash. You did. I it. wish I had. I wish I had one of those party poppers because this is an achievement. Twenty-two years, guys. Twenty-two yeah. fucking years. The immortally ten years old kid who has lost one, two, three, four, five, six championships up to this point. Let me see right. here. There was a Kanto Championship in nineteen ninety-nine, where <sighs> he lost. There was the Choto yeah. or Johoto, Johoto region. Totally Which was yeah. in 2002, he lost. The Hoenn region in 2005, he lost. The Sinho mm-hmm. region in 2010, he lost. The Unova region in 2013, he lost. The Kalos region in 2016, he lost. And now, with our goofy-ass motherfucking looking Ash Ketchum, we have the Alola region in 2019. He wins! He finally did it. I mean, okay, a, a real talk here. Um, for you, for people who have watched this since the beginning, he did technically win. He did technically win the Orange League, but nobody gives a crap about the Orange League. So, <laughs> and it, you know, he's also won like side things like Frontier stuff. You know, yeah, but not the Pokemon League for the region. No. I would he like to. to think, I'd like to hope that the reason he's yeah. remained immortally 10 is because he's been giving all his level ups to his Pikachu, which is probably now level 5,064. Oh, it's probably the best Pikachu ever, yeah. It's like got max stats, it's, it's banned. Yes, S rank and every single thing. That's why they really wanted that Pikachu. Is that Pikachu's more powerful than Mew. It's more powerful <laughs> than, than uh, what's a god Pokemon? Arceus? Uh, Arceus, yes. Pikachu versus Arceus. This Pikachu would fucking make Arceus its bitch. It would destroy Arceus even if Arceus was equipped with the Earth Plate. <laughs> exactly. It would be like, oh, Earth Plate, <laughs> that's cute. Uh, by the way, my Pikachu fucked a Geodude, or fucked a, what was it? Uh, Onyx. The Brockhead and Onyx. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah, like, yeah. fuck you and fuck your, your different type. Your, your super ineffective type. I don't care. I'll just get attached a couple wires to it and run in a windmill. Or a watermill. Yeah. Pokemon and yet, the sad up. reality of it, is, of it all is that even if you do have a max IV Pikachu, there's very little he could do. Unless you're playing Smash Bros. In Smash Bros, like, Pikachu is the second top character in the tier listings, I believe. So. In Pikachu. Smash Bros, at least he's the best. Ugh. He's, even, he's so, better than Mewtwo. That's the only game you can say he's better than Mewtwo. <laughs> he is better than Mewtwo. Mm-hmm. There you go, people. Finally, Ash has done it. He, he is now won. the very best, like no one ever was. Yes, now he just needs to catch uh, 568 oh Pokemon and also have to meet up with all his waifus and decide which one is the winner. He also has My to God. grow up, like suddenly just be like, oh, next page, he's 22 years old. Um, yeah. And it's just like, how, what? And he's like, by the way, I just absorbed all the levels that I've been retaining for my Pikachu. I'm now older. Gotta go fuck Misty now. See ya. Serena. Serena's <laughs> best girl. Anyways. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Serena. But they probably regret um, probably putting that line in episode one about that. Catching every Pokemon in the world. That's probably a bit of a tall order at this point. Especially with how hard, how hard and how hyped they make it to catch every Pokemon in the actual anime series in general, like, what's his name? You're just lucky to even see some of these Pokemon. Well, in the video games, you can just hunt them down anywhere. Yeah. 
But yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now, if he goes to the next region, he can't even catch all the Pokemon. They won't be there. Huh? What he can't mean? even bring some of his old Pokemon with him. <laughs> oh right, yeah, of course. If we're going by that logic, absolutely. If they, if you have the wrong decks, you can't actually catch them too. Yeah. But don't worry. You, you have a new fart fetch. Oh, that new fart. The Pokemon that, right? that everyone wanted. A new fart fetch with a lance and yes. a shield. <laughs> There's a bunch of Pokemon that you know. We're, we're needing an upgrade. Farfetch was always shit. He was shit in his first generation, and he was shit until today. So I'm glad that they've actually managed to actually give some of the old Pokemon some love. Um, now they just need to do the same thing for stuff like Delibird, Dunsparce, a bunch of other backlog of shit. Oh god, Dunsparce. Oh, yeah. What, was, what but, could you do with Dunsparce to make it good? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's a, it's a, huge, it's a huge troll, right? Because like Dunsparce... If you don't know about Pokemon abilities, Dunsparce has the ability Serene Grace, which I believe is an ability that's owned by a legendary Pokemon, Jirachi. So that's right, Dunsparce has an ability that a legendary Pokemon has, but it has shit stats everywhere else and crappy move pool. So if you just gave it like an evolution and gave kept its ability, it could be really powerful just because of that ability Serene Grace alone, basically. it's It basically makes the secondary effects of attacks like, more guaranteed to work. So if you use Headbutt, the Pokemon is more likely to flinch, or if you use, like, a burn move, they're more likely to get burnt. It's a really strong ability. So. Well, you well, then. Do that. Oh, also, by the way, shout out to the fact that the game is taking, you know, X and, uh, not X and Y, Sword and Shield, taking place uh, in a UK-based, uh, well, inspired region. We finally ah. have the T Pokemon. Because, of course, we do. Did, Which did one you see that? the T? There's like a teapot Pokemon or something now. Oh right, isn't that like Poltergeist <laughs> or whatever? Yeah, 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 man. They got the. <laughs> of course they have to because it's the UK, right? So. Yeah, they they have uh, they have some new Pokemon. There's uh one I think one or two new waifu Pokemon they introduce as well. The one oh, yeah, being yeah, like the cream based Pokemon. I was gonna say yeah, that's like a rule. Or it's just like you find that was. thing, you're just like mmm, nom nom nom. You just say the yep. Pokemon, and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's Poltegeist. I love it. Oh my god, Poltegeist. Poltegeist. I love it. Best name ever. Love it. <laughs> Alright, Barbara Dunkelman. <laughs> I'm definitely adding that one to my party. But, yeah. Okie dokie. Yeah, I believe yes. that uh, brings us to our reviews. Indeed. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll uh, get us started here then with my Indeed. review that I've titled Rising of the Antihero. Can you guess what I'm reviewing? You'll know soon enough. The concept of antiheroes is one I was introduced to in anime. First hearing the term pop up while I was soaking up Death Note. It made me realize I had already watched things that featured such characters, but it also made me realize that I find anti-heroes way more interesting than your standard heroes. They're more complex, with interests that often conflict with the good deeds they may perform. Well, I've added yet another anti-hero to my collection, this time coming from the anime hit Tate no Yusha no Nari 
Gari. It seemed like everyone was talking about the adventures of Naofumi Iwatani, your average university student who was summoned to another world as the shield hero. Yes, this is an isekai anime. Along with three others, Matoyasu, the spear hero, Ren, the sword hero, and Itsuki, the bow hero. Now Fumi is asked to assist in defending the kingdom from the forces of evil that have begun to attack. At first, seems pretty standard in Sekai terms, but Naofumi is soon disgraced when his only companion, Malti, robs him in the night and accuses Naofumi of raping her, which is only made worse as she is the king's only or she is the king's daughter. In one swift set of events, Naofumi is hated, despised by everyone, but because he is still a chosen hero, no one can do anything to him lest they succumb to the we- the waves of enemies that are going to be arriving. It really makes you hate everyone, because you know Naofumi is innocent, and mm-hmm. so far the reasoning behind why is not even slightly touched upon. Naofumi's personality quickly changes from the hopeful nice guy to a cynical and distrustful man who won't hesitate to use force to get his way. But he needs to act this way as no one wants to help or serve the rapist hero. Even the blacksmith he met before being accused can't do much even though he can see it in Naofumi's eyes that he didn't do it. Be that as it may, Naofumi is the shield hero. And due to being unable to use any weaponry besides the shield, he does need a sword. His comes in the form of a raccoon slave named Raftalia. He buys from a merchant that looks like the Millennium Earl. Raftalia is an adorable demi-human who very quickly warms up to Naofumi and just as quickly blossoms into a beautiful woman as she levels up along with Naofumi. And heck, you might even be tricked into thinking things are looking up. After the first wave, where Naofumi is clearly the only one who pulls his weight, he's forced to fight against the spear hero who has taken a fancy to Raftalia and decries her status as a slave. Thankfully, even though Naofumi loses, the match is invalidated due to interference from Malti and Raftalia takes her place alongside Naofumi, even going as far to have the slave merchant reapply her slave crest. Due to this match, though, Naofumi gains access to a power of the shield called the Cursed Series. It's a bit like Berserker Mode, harming Naofumi and allies, but it does get some of the coolest moves that Naofumi uses throughout the anime, including summoning a giant Iron Maiden to skewer enemies, which is pretty damn metal if you ask me. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, that was a really cool moment. Yep. As the anime continues, we watch as Naofumi gains another ally, a chocobo-looking bird he names Philo. That eventually evolves into a cute lolly, as you do. Between waves, Naofumi's life becomes one of cleaning up the messes made by other heroes and working as a merchant that peddles his ability to heal and craft accessories. Sadly, life is not done tormenting him, as the king's other daughter, 
Uh, let's see here. Queen's other daughter. I think her name was... Um, Is it Melty? Melty. Right, because yeah. Melty sounds a lot like Malty. God, yeah. Malty and Melty. One bolts and one melts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Melty. Melty is far nicer than her sister, Malty, but her kindness frustrates Naofumi, whom she pesters to try to make up with her father. Eventually, an attempt is made upon her life, and thanks to the magic of editing, Naofumi is made out to look like the bad guy once again. He's forced to abandon his merchant lifestyle and his goal of leaving the kingdom he is is hated in fleeing until he runs into the queen of chocobos who elects Philo to be the next queen. She also tries to convince Naofumi to make up with the other heroes, having once been a party member to the old shield hero who went through kind of the same thing. Ah. Eventually, Naofumi encounters a spear hero who refuses to listen to anything Naofumi says until the Spanish Inquisition shows up. That's right, it was a church all along because you never suspect the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Greedy for power, the Pope himself uses a giant space laser to attack the heroes. Eventually, Naofumi turns his holiness into a pincushion, just in time for the queen to show up. A hot mama who is actually the one who wears the pants in the kingdom. The events that follow are fantastic. With Naofumi's name being cleared, the despised Malti being forced to admit her guilt, and both her and the king lose all power to the throne and are forced to change their names. Malti being called Bitch, and I believe her hero name is Slut, and the king is garbage. It's bloody brilliant and feels oh so good. And that's where the anime should have ended. At least that's what I thought. But it continues following the path of the manga. The heroes all still hate each other even after this recent set of events that should have made it apparent that they should work together. So now Fumi sets out to grind some levels on a tropical island. He makes some new friends, gets to see some girls in bikinis, makes some new enemies, and learns this whole wave of evil thing is way more than it seems. I guess this is more of a setup for another season than it if it had ended the way of, you know, just a trial of Malti. And we did see Naofumi and Raftalia share a loving embrace and kiss. And this is something I did not remember seeing in the manga, so thumbs up. Uh, animation here, provided by Kanemiya Citrus, all 25 episodes. A mm -hmm. studio that worked on anime like Black Butler, Made in the Abyss, and Barakuman. At no point does this ever dip into sub-average. But the level of quality does tend to fluctuate between episodes. Uh, voice acting, overall, it's a very positive category, but I can't really pinpoint a particular actor or actress who did better than the rest. It's just one of those anime where you could close your eyes and know who's talking. And my favorite character. There's a few good characters I could pick from, but I have to say the most obvious choice is the one I like the most. Raftalia. She's loyal, grows into a powerful ally, able to hold her own against most opponents, and is also quite the beauty. 
I was afraid she'd suffer from an unrelent or unrequented love for Naofumi, but thanks to that kiss, it seems that maybe we've been less privy to the intimate relationship the two may have had. I would actually love that if, after all these major battles have ended, it is revealed that Raftali is pregnant with Naofumi's Kate. That would be just like icing on the cake. Hmm. Hey, here's a dilemma though I got with that. Like, uh-huh. if she ages really quickly and went from being like a kid to an adult, doesn't that mean she might age to be an old lady like within the same amount of time? I thought about that too. Right. I decided not to th- keep thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that thought came to my mind immediately. Because I was like, Wait a second. in a lot of anime where there's been like different, um, like subhumans or you know part hu- part human part animal kind of creatures they've always had like shorter lifespans or really long lifespans and considering that Raftalia aged from you know cute little girl to buxom you know come hither now Fumi I'm a little Uh bit worried that she's gonna in like in the next you know 10 episodes suddenly be like hey what's going on kid I can't hear you (laughs) But no, she's yeah. still she's still in like she may be in like the twenties or you know mm-hmm. late twenties. So even if she does level up fast, maybe we get MILF Raftalia real quick, where she's like, "I'm pregnant with Nafumi's kid. I've had kids now, and also I'm mm-hmm. a mom, and I'm super hot, and they're gonna make an Iseka out of me." MILF say well, Kai. I'm, MILF I'm say also partially. <laughs> well, you already got that too, don't you? This evening, so. <laughs> we did. Yeah. Um, and you already, I already go off the partial theory that now Fumi eventually goes back to his own world, drops the shield, but then then reaches his true potential as Machio, because people make, keep making this joke that Machio from a uh, uh, dumbbell looks really similar to uh, um, now Fumi from Shield Hero. So it's like, oh, he drops the shield and he becomes a really buff man, and that's his true potential as it's unlocked. And he still brings Raftalia and Philo with him. Philo becomes her daughter, Raftalia becomes his wife, and that's the side of Machio we don't see, is that he's actually married and uh, has a kid. Who's adopted, but still his kid. Marina Burt's going into how like uh, all the other heroes are dumb, even before they were summoned. Um, I wonder then what the criteria was for these people being summoned to the other world as heroes to begin with. That isn't really... That part is kind of hard because um, they're all from different versions of Japan. And all of them have different reasons for ending up there. But it all seems like the other heroes were summoned through a video game that they were playing. But with Naofumi, he was summoned because he picked up a book and started reading it. And he got sucked into the book. That's right. Actually, the whole game thing makes more sense in some ways because, you know, there's a game interface while he's in that world. You know, he can see, like, a menu and shit. Yep, and they even talk about, like, hey, isn't this kind of like a game, like an RPG? Yeah, that makes more sense than a book because on a book you don't get an interface. (laughs) Yeah. So, I gotta give Tate no Yusha no Narigiri or uh, Shield Hero, as many may know it, or The Rising of the Shield Hero. A uh-huh. download now. Ooh. It is a bit long. You know, I think it went on a little too long, but you know what? It was good. 
it had good moments to it, and it really delved into that point of like making you really hate the bad guys. Although it made you hate the... Now that I think about it, it made you hate the bad guys because of rape. But, like, a reverse rape situation where he didn't actually rape anyone, but they were accusing him of it? Oh my god, this is Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online? Did that happen? Wait, what? Because the bad guys have rape. Oh, right, right, right. Of course. (laughs) That's that's, that's, uh, Reki Kawahara's go-to villain in SEO for some reason. Why is it always rape? (laughs) Why it always got to be know. like, rape, it's the most evil of things. And yes, I do agree with that. But at the same time, it's like, can we stop falling back on that in anime? Can we find some other reason that they can be bad guys? Can he be a serial killer or something? Oh, he's a serial killer with a heart. Great. Okay, that's great. That's Fantastic. the thing is because you have to, because normally you have to build up and write all this stuff to kind of, you know, detail the bad things people do and why they do bad things. But if you go straight to the rape, then it immediately, like, you instantly get repulsed, right? So it's a, it's a short... Unless, cut, unless it was a woman who was doing the, the raping, in which case I'm like, uh, tell, me, tell me more. Go that on. That should still trouble you. I'm, no, no. I'm just gonna go... Not at all. I, I ain't kink-shaming, but... Unless it's a girl society. raping other girls, but if it's a girl raping guys, then I have no... I have nothing for the guys. If the guys didn't enjoy it, they're lying. I can tell you that 100%. Unless she was using a strap-on, which, okay, I get it. But we don't need to go into detail. I'm gonna take a swig of my whiskey. (laughs) Fetishes aside, let's move on Mm. to our next review about fetishes. (coughs) Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. Um, So now, it's it's time for a very hot-off-the-presses review. As this anime has just finished this week, and I just finished watching it today, in fact. That being an anime called Araburu Kisetsu no Otomo Domoyo, or Maidens of the Savage Season. Season. A show that my anime list saw fit to ascribe tags like comedy, drama, romance, school, and shonen for some reason. That's right, sitting this show comfortably with Attack on Titan, Dragon Ball, Death Note, and Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Special hat tip to whoever decided that on Mal. So, what's this show about? <clears throat> well, as heavily emphasised in my preview during summer of 2019, we were so young back then, I know. This is a show about the subject of bringing, bringing an al dente noodle to the spaghetti house. Among other things, more specifically, it is a coming-of-age story for each of the girls in a certain high school literature club, which only seems to accelerate following the white-haired girl's or uh, member's Nina's proclamation that she wishes to experience doing squat frosts in the cucumber patch before she dies. Watch for 12 episodes as this journey of self-discovery takes them on wildly different paths. We have our uh, main girl, Onodera Kazusa, who reminds me of the Gravity Girl with shorter hair from My Hero Academia, whose arc revolves around the realization that her childhood friend Izumi is in fact a guy. An attractive guy to her. Snowballing when she awkwardly walks in, walks in on him during the act of calling in the secret service. Continuing in order to focus, uh, in order of focus, we have Nina, who appears uh, mature and is the subject of admiration of both her male and female peers, but carries some of the more 
uncomfortable package of the crew, given that her development is heavily influenced by her past relationship with a pedophile that resembles Steve Jobs Yikes. for some reason. Yeah, that, I bet you didn't see that coming. Yeah, that's her backstory. I, I don't want to go into detail because there's a lot of spoiler shit that I'm going to avoid during this. But yeah, she her, her one's the most kind of like, ooh. Well, maybe, maybe it isn't. Because next up we have the short black-haired aspiring writer of the group, Hongo Hitoha, whose dive, who's, uh, dive into the magical subject of attacking the Pink Fortress stems from her drive to write her own novel with adult content in it. This takes her to one of the more unpredictable routes on display when she attempts to meet up with somebody that she previously had engaged in dirty talk with online and she asks to meet him IRL. I don't want to go into detail. Anyway, fourth and probably the sweetest arc of the story is of Sonozaki Rika, club president with glasses, who is the most adverse to uh, when it comes to the topic of cleaning the cobwebs with the womb broom. Still, she does. Uh, she goes through a gradual ideological shift when, for the first time, a male classmate actually expresses romantic feelings for her. Hers is a story about someone coming out of their shell and learning to move past one's prejudices. And last, but certainly, actually, probably least in execution, I guess, is the ginger-haired Sudo Momoko. Momoko's tale is one of confusion in her attempt to branch out like her club mates, results in situations that make her really question her own perspective on physical relationships. Well, as it pertains to guys at least. Wink, wink. Slight humble brag, but I totally called where this one was going from episode 2. Uh, one way or another, various threads all converge by the show's conclusion. That is pretty. Uh, that is actually pretty satisfi- satisfying for some, um, and for others I guess just okay. There were none that left me particularly annoyed by the end or anything, and I was actually pretty surprised that they managed to wrap up some of the heavy drama that explodes around episode 10. Also, that's also probably worth mentioning since this is a Mario Okada piece. That is, this show is melodramatic at times and bears many of the tropes that likely polarise people to her work. Be ready for characters walking in on and overhearing conversations at convenient slash inconvenient times. Coincidental encounters that shows uh, that whatever deity rules their world has a sense of humour, and for at the apex of dramatic moments, characters will start to cry while screaming, Wah! I'm not very good at impressions when it comes to anime girls, go figure. <laughs> suffice it <laughs> suffice it to say that veterans of the medium will likely know uh, if this is a show for them due to the o- Okada-isms alone. I, for one, felt that it wasn't as laid thick, uh, it wasn't laid on too thick for me to stomach, and most importantly, it didn't hurt the pacing like it did for some of her other works, such as Makia or Nagino Asukara. It is also kind of ironic that this is a show about exploring the subject of gland-to-gland combat through the lens of a coming-of-age story, um, but it's one of the more mature dives into the subject that I've ever seen from the medium, and leads to some of the weirdest dialogue that I've expected to find in anime about a high school literature club. It's not all great, however, as the plot suffers from some cliches that cause things to meander at times, such as the often dreaded love triangle that appears during the latter half. It's a real shame, too, because some of the time uh, could have been afforded towards developing some of the arc that 
desperately needed it, such as the aforementioned Momokos, which is mostly built up, but with little closure. Still, overall, I'd struggle to call this a skill drama lacking in any intrigue, especially when it plays to the strength of its unorthodox concept. I think what really goes a long way to stop it from going into the overdramatic territory is the moderately light tone and atmosphere of the show, owed in no small part to the light presentation. Araburu has a has that atypical high school romance slash light novel, even though this isn't based off a light novel, colour palette with a washed out pastel tone that works well with the show's gradual shift to dark when things get pretty heavy towards the end. As far as uh, shows of this genre go, this is a pretty decent looking show and is pretty competently animated by studio Le Deux, who made Maggie Sinbad no Boken TV Classroom Crisis, and Yuri Yuri. So, shows I'm either indifferent towards or outright (laughs) loathe. There isn't much high animation on display here, mind you, though the story really presents much opportunity for this. I personally would have liked it to go more over the top and wacky, much like the first episode sequence after Kazusa walks in on Izumi exercising his right to privacy, because otherwise it's a little at odds with what you get for the rest of the series besides the odd surreal moment in episode 10. In conclusion, Araburu Kisetsu no Otomidomoyo is a fairly unique entry in a pretty saturated genre. If you are interested in the idea of a romance show that explores how people may first react towards negotiating the forested chasm and isn't something After Dark would review, then you could probably do worse than this one. I am pretty glad I watched it despite some of the issues I had, and that would go into spoiler territory to be honest, and maybe a bit nitpicky. And thus, I award this anime a crackers. So, also I got for this entire review without once saying the word sex, until now. So, there you go. (laughs) Impressive. (laughs) I just used innuendo instead. Or... Euphemisms. Sorry, not innuendo. Euphemisms. Yes, negotiating the forested chasm. Very (laughs) eloquently put. My my, my favourite one was the one at the start. I I like the one about bringing an al dente noodle to the spaghetti house. That's my favourite one. Oh boy. Oh, there were so many I could have used, but I I tried to filter it down to ones that fit into the writing. Yeah. All right then. Well, at, uh, now that Andrew has successfully gone through purity as a cute anime girl. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now I now all my idol fans will be upset with me on Twitter or not. Depends. So it don't don't worry, Andrew Chan. <laughs> you don't, even need, you don't even need to change your name. It's Andrew Chan. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. A bunch of people thought that I put the that Chan's not my surname and that I'm actually using Chan because it's the cute honorific or something. Uh, so, was there any tree planting in the forest by the end of the show? Uh, te- no, no, sorry, you don't actually get any of that. Although the show does end on the line, it fit. <clears throat> but, um, hmm. yeah, I'll leave that to your imagination. Maybe it's a I condom. expect you to. I expect you to know Marina Burke because you're you're the number one Mario Kata fan on this uh, server. So, <laughs> alrighty yeah. then. 
Well, I believe that uh, wraps up our reviews. Indeed. And uh, before we go, though, we do have some people to thank, which is basically the only subscriber perk we got right now. And mm. let's see here. We got Tag, Algazero, Shuji, B, Phantom, Tentatively Mel, uh, and, of course, all of our anonymous sponsors, and everyone who has attended in chats. Black Magic, Mal, for a second time, Mariner Burt, Oye, Queen Ninoe, Rampant, Shield Bro. Hey, look, even Vixia. Blonde. Oh, yes, Innocuous, our, uh, one of our co-hosts for one of the other shows. You may have heard of it, After Dark. It's a couple mm-hmm. girls talk about hentai. Uh, yep. She was here <laughs> for a while one. as well. Uh, spicy something. Tackle for like a split second. Oh, yeah, spicy, the spiciest of tacos. He was only here for a split second, just like Taco Bell. You eat it, it's mm. there for a split second because you'll be on the bathroom the next moment. I, I've yet to experience that. I will definitely go there once I, if I ever Amer- visit America, a Taco Bell. I will take you to all the American restaurants when you come over Ooh. here. We shall hit You're up wrong. all the fast foods, and you will go back to Europe in a very distraught state. <laughs> I will be in the uh, restroom cubicle for the entirety of the flight back. Lovely. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, in any case, thank everyone for listening, for tuning in, sticking around, and until next week, keep witching, witching, keep listening, witching. keep watching, and keep the anime love strong. <laughs>